Welcome to Anchored by Truth, brought to you by Crystal Sea Books. In John 14.6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Our goal is to encourage everyone to grow in the Christian faith by anchoring themselves to the secure truth found in the inspired, inerrant, and infallible Word of God. The devil took Jesus to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 8 through 10, New International Version. Hello, I'm Victoria Kay. Welcome to Anchored by Truth, brought to you by Crystal Sea Books. I'm here today with R.D. Fierro, author and founder of Crystal Sea Books and part-time event lighting technician. He straightens out the cords on the Christmas lights before we put them up. Anyway, today on Anchored by Truth, we're going to finish up our current series where we have focused on the life and historicity of Jesus. And we're going to hear the latest installment of our seven-part epic Christmas poem, The Golden Tree, Eagle Enigma. When we left off last time, Kodan, Karu, and Kajan were facing a giant enigma. Right, Artie? Well, they were facing multiple enigmas. They could see a gleaming city on the other side of the canyon, but was that gleaming city the home of the great white bear? And how could they cross the canyon to find out? Kodan had figured out that the ice eagles that they've encountered on the edge of the Great Gap could give them a ride across, but which eagle was the right eagle, the gold eagle or the white eagle? So Kodan had posed two questions to both eagles to try to figure out which was the good eagle and which was the evil eagle. Well, after hearing their answers, Kodan chose to ride with the gold eagle. And the gold eagle picked up Kodan, started flying him across the canyon, But after flying into the sky, the gold eagle dropped Kodan right over the middle of the canyon. So as we closed last time, Kodan is falling through the sky. Koru and Kojan have left their hiding place to go and try and ride the white eagle. So, it's time to find out what happens to Kodan and his two traveling companions in this Christmas epic poem, The Golden Tree, Eagle Enigma, Part 7. Kojan and Karu walked toward their bird, they looked not above to see that the gold eagle swooped so Kodan could land on his back as light as could be. But the gold eagle saw Karu and Kajan walking towards certain death. Kodan also saw the peril and desperately held his breath. The gold eagle plummeted toward the ground with Kodan pressed flat to his back. The gold-winged savior knew that soon the white bird would launch his attack. In only a moment, Karu and Kajan were too far to run to the rock. Then the evil white bird spread fierce, angry wings and with hateful shrieks did mock. 
With talons spread, the white eagle flew toward the now helpless bears. He carried his hatred for all things good and his beak for flesh prepared. For the blink of an eye, he slowed his approach, the better to savor their fear. Then a swooping gold flash crossed his line and snatched life from death so near. The gold eagle held two startled bears in great saving powerful claws. He climbed to heights on outstretched wings, on angelic strength he could draw. The white eagle quickly whirled in flight, the gold bird to challenge on high. But a great voice boomed from the city afar and arrested his course through the sky. These bears are not yours. They belong to me. For them, I paid a dear price. Unless you forget, here I rule on the earth and in the skies. Flee this place before my wrath you incur. With my will you attempt to defy? At these words, the white bird fled, his defeat made clear by his cry. The gold eagle then said to Kodan, The bright city is not yet your home. That time lies many years ahead. For now, it's the valley you must roam. But above the city I will fly, so that for yourself you may see. The city below holds many fine bears, including your friend, Komari. The great eagle soared on widespread wing, first settling all bears on his back, then circled above the pure city of light. The small bears in amazement did gasp. Gleaming spires reached for the sky, their jeweled facades like those of old story and on wide streets of glittering gold, grateful bears sang of lasting glory. In the city center, the small koalas could see the source of all beauty and light. Grace so great, love so pure, perfect union of peace and might. So entranced they became in glory unveiled and sights no bear could describe. They were lost in wonder while carried home to descend from their own starry skies. As the eagle gently settled them down, Carew said to the gold-winged steed, We've been blessed by all that you've done, but we've still no answer to our need. Though we've been given visions undreamed, we return where we began. Our lives you've saved, and great wonders we've seen, but we've nothing to save our land. The great gold eagle almost seemed to smile as he focused his gaze on Kodan. I can see by your fellow's eyes and face the enigma he now understands. Kodan now knows that any of you three could succeed at the Guardian's test. For the visions you've received were the reason 
you were sent on the quest. The great white bear gave the tree, but his son delivered the gift. With hands so real, he planted it here to keep bears from going adrift. In a bleak, barren world of ice and snow, he came to create fertile ground. The tree was given out of matchless love, so no longer to death you are bound. The tree was never in danger, for it is the light of this land. The danger was to you and all bears that its meaning you wouldn't understand. The guardian does not nourish the tree, for the tree has no needs. The guardian's purpose is to remind all bears that its truth you must heed. Kodan then said, Now I can see why we celebrate this season. The gold eagle has shown us once again the trees among us for a reason. We will tell others all that we've learned, all that we've heard you say. Our thanks to you and the great white bear for the wisdom you've given this day. The great gold eagle then leapt in the air, his gleaming wings caught the wind. Effortlessly he rose into the night, his flight toward the north did bend. As the gleam of his form shrank from their view, he became another bright star. But the three bears standing alone on the hill heard clear eagle words from afar. Joy was delivered to a waiting world on a night many centuries ago when I and my brothers appeared in the sky to shepherds who witnessed our globe. We proclaimed the good news, the promised one, to all on that starry night came. That truth continues to this very day to all who adore his name. The end again. So Kodan had chosen the right eagle to fly with. But I think many listeners are wondering how he knew which of the birds served the great white bear and which served the demon lord. Obviously, Kodan knew by listening to the answers to the questions, but what exactly did the two eagles say that enabled Kodan to solve the enigma correctly? To begin to answer the question as to how Kodan knew to choose the gold eagle, Let's remind everyone of the two different questions Kodan posed to the eagles. The first question Kodan asked was, Great White Eagle, if I fly with you, where will you set my feet? And he asked the same question of the Gold Eagle. And the White Eagle said, and I'm paraphrasing here, You had a hard journey to get to this place. Fly with me and I'll take you the rest of the way to the City of Gold. In contrast, the Gold Eagle said, I'm going to take you home. You have years left to live. And the gold eagle finished by saying, and I'm quoting now, 
quote, there's much to this world you can give, unquote. Right. So in answer to Kodan's first question, the White Eagle essentially said to Kodan, I'm going to give you the easy way out. Whereas the Gold Eagle said to Kodan, there is still work for you left to do, and all I am promising is to give you a chance to finish it. So the first clue to Kodan that the White Eagle was serving the Demon Lord was the White Eagle's promise that there was a shortcut to the bears achieving their goal. Now, of course, that's a very appealing answer. But unfortunately, the promise of shortcuts and easy way outs, that's far more characteristic of sin than it is of sanctification. That was essentially what Satan offered Jesus when he tempted Jesus in the wilderness. There are two accounts of those temptations, one in the Gospel of Matthew and one in the Gospel of Luke. The first temptation in Matthew was for Jesus to turn stones into bread after Jesus had been fasting for 40 days. The second Matthew temptation was for Jesus to prove that he was truly the Son of God by hurling himself off the highest point of the temple and letting the angels catch him before he hit the rocks below. And the third temptation in Matthew was that Satan would give Jesus the right to rule the kingdoms of the world if Jesus would just kneel down and worship Satan. Right. So, in the three temptations that Satan presented to Jesus, Satan was essentially offering Jesus shortcuts to achieving legitimate goals. In each temptation, part of the temptation to Jesus was for Jesus to take the easy way out. So, in effect, Satan was offering to give Jesus a crown without the cross. That calls to mind a line out of the West Point Cadet Prayer that you mentioned to me a long time ago. The line says, quote, O God, our Father, make us choose the harder right rather than the easier wrong, and never to be content with a half-truth when the whole can be won, unquote. Exactly. The White Eagle was offering a half-truth. Now, the bears had struggled mightily to get to the canyon, and they were tired and they were in need of relief, and they deserved the help, and the gold eagle was willing to offer them some help. But the help that the gold eagle was offering was to return them to their village where their new insights and their newly found strength, having gone on the journey, would do the rest of the village some real good. The white eagle was offering, very insincerely, I might add, to relieve them of their burden rather than to help them bear their burden. And that calls to mind Jesus saying in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29, quote, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, unquote. Jesus' promise is to help us bear our burdens, not merely to dismiss them from our lives. Exactly right. So that was one way that Kodan knew the gold eagle was telling the truth, because the gold eagle did not just offer them a simple escape. He didn't just offer them an easy way out of the plight. So the second question Kodan asked was, quote, Great white eagle, you know why we've come to this chasm beneath your sky. Tell me now about the tree, how it came to be, and why, unquote. How did the White Eagle's answer to this question reinforce the fact that he was lying to the bears? Because when the White Eagle answered this question, 
The White Eagle told Kodan that the blessings that the bears enjoyed in the valley was all due to them. In other words, the White Eagle told Kodan, Hey, this life, it's all about you. The White Eagle ignored completely the role that the Golden Tree played in the valley's blessings. Whereas, differently, the Gold Eagle immediately reminded Kodan that the Golden Tree had been a gift to the bears from their creator. In other words, the white eagle turned the bear's attention to themselves. The gold eagle turned the bear's attention to God. Now in the Golden Tree series, the Golden Tree itself represents the Holy Spirit, who was the gift that God the Father gave the world after Jesus returned to heaven. And that's what the gold eagle was reminding Kodan in the poem's lines that say, The Golden Tree was the gift that he gave to abide until he returns. It does not depend on you or me for the life that within it burns. Now that's a really important point. As Christians, we can get so caught up in our struggling to be good believers, good workers, or good parents or family members that we can forget to turn to the Lord to support us and depend on the Lord to provide for us. There's nothing wrong with hard work. But ultimately, if we think that our lives and destinies on this earth are all about us, we are in danger of relying on our strength rather than the Lord's. Right. And again, our model, every Christian's model, for how to approach struggles and temptations is Christ in his confrontation with Satan. Remember that even Jesus, though he was the Son of God, did not depend just on himself to respond to Satan. The very first thing that Jesus did when Satan presented the first temptation was to quote scripture to Satan. And most people may not realize that all of the quotes Jesus used came from probably one of the least well-known books in the Bible, Deuteronomy. Christ quoted Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3 in response to the first temptation, Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 16 in response to the second temptation, and Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 13 in response to the third temptation. This certainly reinforces the need to study the entire Bible. Jesus certainly knew all of the Old Testament and used it in his life. Yes. Now, there's probably one clarification that we need to get into at this point. It's probably important to note that the order of temptations that we've been talking about during this episode of Anchored by Truth, that's the order of temptations that is presented in the Gospel of Matthew. Now, the account of the temptation of Christ in the Gospel of Luke, well, Luke reverses the order of the second and the third temptations. Now, Luke recounts exactly the same temptations. He just uses a different order when he presents them in his account. Isn't that a problem? Doesn't that mean that there is a conflict between the two accounts of the temptations? Well, there is certainly a difference in how the two Gospelists chose to make their reports about the temptation of Christ by Satan. But the different order that Matthew uses as opposed to Luke does not in the slightest affect the trustworthiness of the accounts. It appears in this instance that Matthew used adverbs and conjunctions that are more indicative of chronological order than Luke used. Matthew uses words that say, this thing happened, and then next, this other thing happened whereas Luke uses words that essentially just translate to and. 
So for some reason, Luke seems to have thought that the temptation for Jesus to hurl himself off the Temple Mount and be caught by the angels was of greater importance in demonstrating Jesus' divinity than Jesus becoming the earthly ruler of several kingdoms. Well, when Satan tempted Jesus to accept earthly authority from him, that wouldn't necessarily have been a demonstration of something supernatural. But if Jesus had hurled himself from the temple and the angels intercepted him in the air, that certainly would have been something supernatural. It may be that Luke just thought a clearly supernatural act was the most momentous of the two temptations. And that's what many scholars believe. Now, anyone who is interested in a more thorough discussion of the order that the temptations were actually presented to Christ, they can consult Dr. Gleason Archer's book, An Encyclopedia of Bible Difficulties. At any rate, let's get back to finishing our discussion about Kodan and why he made the choice to ride with the gold eagle. Kodan, you see, was a very wise little koala bear. And Kodan was wise enough to recognize the example that Jesus set. Because when we are tempted or when we have a difficult decision to make, our first impulse should always be to turn to the Lord. Jesus' response to the first temptation to turn stones into bread was to immediately redirect Satan's attention back to God. And then in the next two responses, Jesus clarified that turning to God involves having an appropriate relationship with God. Jesus reminded Satan that when we do turn to God, we are not permitted to put God to the test and that any worship that we direct must be restricted to God alone. People may not think that they're testing God, but that's exactly what they do when they say things like, if God doesn't do such and such a thing for me, then I won't believe in him anymore. The thing we want may be perfectly reasonable and even understandable, like healing for ourselves or a loved one. But we cannot condition our relationship with the Lord on demands that we present to him. This calls to mind the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verse 24, when Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman. Jesus said, quote, God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth, unquote. Right. And part of worshiping truthfully is to recognize that the Lord is sovereign and we are not. You know, even Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane for the Father's will to be done and not his own. So Kodan recognized the white eagle was trying to make Kodan, his friends, and the bears the center of attention. The gold eagle was trying to make God, the gift giver, the center of attention. So the white eagle told Kodan that the bears should take credit for the blessings they had in their lives. The gold eagle reminded the bears that the golden tree and all their blessings had been bestowed on them by a truly loving creator. And that calls to mind James chapter 1, verse 17, quote, Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows, unquote. So in essence, what you're saying is that the biblically-based wisdom was the basis for Kodan making the correct choice about which eagle to trust. I guess you could say Jesus was the solution to the enigma facing the bears. Yes, and Jesus is the solution to our own enigmas. Turning to Jesus should always be our first response but I fear that all too often, it's our last resort. You know, I always wince a little when I hear people say, well, the only thing I can do for you is to pray. Because as you say in your book, Purposeful Prayers, Learning to Pray Like Jesus, quote, 
The whispered prayer that stirs the hand of God dwarfs the most powerful force in the universe, unquote. Yes. Codan asked questions of the eagles to determine where the eagles placed their trust. And anyone or anything that tempts you to place your trust in anything other than God cannot be of God. It's not that we shouldn't work hard and develop our own skills and abilities, but we always have to keep them in proper perspective. And the Apostle Paul essentially affirmed this sentiment in one of the best-known verses from the Bible. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, quote, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength, unquote. Exactly. In response to Codan's first question, the white eagle tempted Codan with the same kind of temptation Satan presented to Jesus. Satan tempted Jesus to take the easy way out, to get food, or to prove he was the Son of God, or to gain authority. And in response to Codan's second temptation, the white eagle tempted Codan to place his trust in himself and his friends while he completely left God out of the equation. So those were sure signs to Codan that the white eagle had not been sent by the great white bear. So we need to learn from Codan's example to be discerning when the world presents us with enigmas or opportunities for that matter. Jesus is our sure and certain guide in this world, and the primary way that Jesus imparts wisdom to us is through the Bible. And that's why we have to become so familiar with the Bible that we can immediately discern events or things in our lives that tempt us to depart from the Bible's teachings. There are a lot of things that are going to come our way in this life that may not seem to be in and of themselves harmful or wrong. But if we can see that what they offer or what they tempt us to do will not be consistent with Scripture, well, those are things we have to avoid. And at my age, I've learned that the most important skill that we can develop is spiritual discernment. And we can only get spiritual discernment from the Bible and by developing a strong network of mature Christian friends and like us believe in Jesus and are willing to turn to Him immediately whenever enigmas come into our own lives. And while Eagle Enigma doesn't get into that level of detail, it's obvious from the poem that the bears had a strong regard for genuine wisdom, and Kodan, Karu, and Kajan developed even more wisdom after their journey and their encounter with the Gold Eagle. Sounds like a great time for a prayer. Today, since we're so close to New Year's Day, let's listen to a prayer for blessings to come to us in the new year. A Prayer for Celebrating New Year's Day Blessed and Holy Father, You are the God who has always been and who will always be. You are higher above the heavens than the heavens are above You. Finite men are overwhelmed when we think about the absolute sovereignty of Your being. Today, Lord, we mark the beginning of a new year. As we transition from the old to the new, we want to rededicate ourselves to your service and be reminded again of your unmatched love for us. Though you are transcendent in all ways, you care so much for us that you come into our world to meet with us, speak with us, and adopt us into your divine family. We are blessed to be called sons and daughters by you and to have the privilege of calling you Father. Especially at this time, we remember your word that tells us to forget what is behind us and to press forward toward the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus. Help us to live today and throughout the new year 
in the light of your loving forgiveness and redemption. Give us a new vision for this new year, a vision for how we may mature into the servants that you want us to be. We ask for your blessings of health, strength, and prosperity for our families and us. But even beyond this, grant us to become better ambassadors for you. Through clocks and calendars, we measure the days and year. We praise you that there is no one who can measure or begin to count yours. If anyone could number your days or mark out your path, you would not be God. There is no one in heaven or earth who can. Because you are so great and transcendent, we give you honor and praise. Because you sent Christ Jesus to take our place on the cross, we offer our worship and love. Because your Holy Spirit abides in us, we can testify to the truth. Christ is Savior and Lord, and in his magnificent name we pray and give thanks. Amen. We'd like to remind our audience that a lot of our radio episodes are linked together in a series of topics. So if they've missed any episodes, or if they want to hear one over again, all these episodes are available on your favorite podcast app. To find them, just search on Anchored by Truth by Crystal Sea Books. Also, we'd like to remind listeners that copies of the first part of the Golden Tree Saga, The Golden Tree, Komari's Quest, is available from our website. We hope you'll be with us next time. And we hope you'll take some time to encourage some friends to tune in also, or listen to the podcast version of this show. If you'd like to hear more, try out crystalseabooks.com, where we're not famous, but our boss is.